This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk about soccer, baby. Let's talk about some action, some football. Our weekend preview is here, and we break it all down with Jimmy Conrad. The League Cup final as Man City face Tottenham. Some Premier League action. Leeds United against Manchester United. Arsenal against Everton. Liverpool against Newcastle, and so much more. we got some great games in La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, MLS, Liga MX, the USL, the Women's Champions League as well. So much to discuss. Que golazo weekend preview begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Que Golazo and rejoice because we're mostly going to talk about what happens on the pitch. It's our weekend preview. Jimmy Conrad, what's up, man? Well, if you guys can see me, I'm an absolute mess right now. Uh, haven't shaved in a while. I thought football slash soccer was dead, Luis. I was crying big, giant crocodile tears, but uh, it appears like things are good. Actually, I didn't shave and I looked disheveled because I finally got a cast from my broken hand and I it's really hard to shave without. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real story. But uh, I was sad there for a few days and, and a bit flabbergasted like everybody else. No, absolutely. And it is very difficult uh, to shave with one. It's very difficult to do anything. Especially with your offhand, with your offhand too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of it's kind of rough. But hey, uh, welcome everybody to Que Go La So Weekend Preview. We want to break down everything that's going to go this weekend. Jimmy will give you some betting tips. Uh, maybe we'll do a fun parlay parte for the weekend. We will see. But, you know, we begin with the latest news just to keep you updated on everything that's going on as you listen or watch this. Slatan Ibrahimovic, Jimmy Conrad, is staying at AC Milan. Uh, contract until June 2022. Uh, our own family as, as a coach. Wait, is he staying <laughs> as a coach? Like, how how old is this guy? <laughs> well, I mean, he can choose whatever he wants, right? That's true. He's a lot of time. <laughs> so maybe it's a coach. Maybe if he feels like you know working and <laughs> catering uh, once a week, I don't know. But he's there till twenty twenty two. So you know, I, it's great for uh, him. I guess we'll see how far he can go. But he clearly has been very influential this season. Yeah, I like the move. I mean, obviously, he's brought some swagger personally, uh, for my, or for my opinion to, to AC Milan, I think he's elevated the players around him to some extent. And I think they get to see what it takes to play at a high level, even when you get older. And those are good habits and disciplines for your youngest players to see. I'm sure he's doing a lot of work behind the scenes and, and really taking care of himself to, to continue to play at a high level. And, and as a young player myself, and as a young person, I mean, Luis, we, we all go through it. We all walk this path. It's important to have those types of role models in your life. You're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do to be one of the world's best players. And, and so for those players to be able to see it and be around it is very important. And at times his behavior, I think, can be detrimental to the team. But overall, I think there's more positives than negatives. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right, let's begin with some more chatter here because there's a lot to discuss, everybody, um, in our weekend preview. But obviously, the Super League, uh, you know, is 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 you know, as the dust settles and uh, thing, things are still going to happen. Obviously, we still wait and see if there's going to be any sanctions, anything from UEFA or domestic leagues. Of course, I, you know, I think it's important to remember that as much as so many other people from different team fan bases want sanctions and everything sometimes and most of the time it affects actually the people that didn't have anything to do with it in the first place like players and fans etc so we got to be careful about that but Florentino Perez went on radio last night Jimmy on Spanish radio and you know went off once again you know uh blaming this and that and Chelsea's uh you know protest was uh orchestrated only 40 people showed up that's not true um, you know, discussing obviously Barcelona and Real Madrid at this moment still haven't really announced anything. Uh, Laporta already talking on Catalan television saying, you know, this is still alive. Tebas, the head of La Liga saying, no, it's dead. So obviously there's still things to be figured out. But I think we can safely say that at least 
for now, the Super League uh, is done. I, I want more Florentino Perez interviews in my life. I think that guy's an absolute cartoon character at this point. He doesn't seem real. He's got some Mr. Burns vibes for all you Simpsons fans out there. Yeah, that's a good one. He he just doesn't live in reality. I mean, this the statement alone of him saying that 16 to 24-year-olds don't care about the game is ridiculous. And then you have Agnelli coming out saying that we have to make it more like Fortnite. I'm like, what are you? Dude, video games have been around forever. Just because you guys are plugged into it right now and you're seeing that it's a billion-dollar industry, you want to start to shorten the games and change the purity of the game? Get the hell out of here, dude, with these guys. So I don't know. I, I, I think there's probably competitions. Uh, you could have those you know, pro-ams or, or, you know, whatever, those MTV rock and jock tournaments, if you want to, you know, please these 16 to 24-year-olds that you don't think that don't care about the sport or whatever. But I don't know. It's just, it's just, these guys are insane and they're not, they're not, it's just like those old guys that are screaming at the clouds, get off of my lawn. This is the way we're going to do it. But I don't know, even though they're trying to put things in place that, that seem like they're going to help. They're not going to help. And these guys are just money hungry, power hungry. And the fact that they won't take any responsibility just kind of shows where they are and, and uh, just how big their egos are. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Everything right there. Honestly, l listen, and, and here's a question that was asked by Rodrigo Orbañanos for us. Uh, how will history remember the Super League, Jimmy Conrad? So before I try, <laughs> how will history remember it? I think people will remember it as what a bad mistake. What were we even thinking to to entertain it? And why couldn't these guys approach this in a different way? I mean, talk about mishandling the situation and misreading the whole quote unquote global room. The fact that, oh, yeah, this is what the people want. No, this is not what the people want. And the people spoke and spoke fast and quickly and harshly about this. And then the players joined in too. Like, you guys are, this is ridiculous. The fact that they didn't entertain anybody, it's just, a lot of mismanagement there and a lot of a lot of yes men, I think, around these guys. Oh no, yeah, sir Florentino, that's a great idea, sir. That's a that's a great thing. Oh, Agnelli, yeah, you're amazing. You're you're right. You're the smartest guy in the room, you know. And and at some point you need some people to be like, whoa, wait a second. Now we've had this conversation before. UEFA is probably in the same thing. Oh, the Champions League's the best competition of all time. Let's, let's let's how can we fleece it some more and make more money, you know, without ever really taking into consideration what the players have to go through to have to perform every three days. I mean, I feel like they look at the pandemic. Oh, see, it is possible. The players can play every three days and they're fine. Look at them. They're all happy. And meanwhile, the players are <laughs> massive injuries. Never, never get to have any time off complete burnout, you know, and, and which was Ronald Coleman's point last night, actually, he we're did. not going to get, we're not going to see the ramifications of, of this burnout. It's not an immediate thing. You, you see it over a couple of years, a couple of years from now, when, when guys are retired at 29 because they can't, <laughs> their legs just uh, can't do it anymore, you know? So I don't know. These guys are, on, like I said, they're living in another world, a fantasy world, and, and that doesn't necessarily coincide with what reality is actually uh, having out and for them. That was really bad English, but I think you guys know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, you, you did have your Spanish lesson just before. So I, you did, to... I did, yeah. I did, I did, I did. Listen. Two brains going. <laughs> no, but that, that's fine. No, listen, what you said, I was actually just going to echo with that. The only the, We will lay this to rest because we need to talk about games and stuff. But to answer your question, Rodrigo, to me, everything that Jimmy just said is, is, is exactly right. Listen, it, it's not new where the rich and powerful are creating their own narratives and live in their own reality. It's actually not new at all. You can go anywhere, any league. You don't even have to talk about sports. And you find an explanation and an example of how the rich and powerful are just living in their own reality. And there is nothing wrong with trying to enhance and improve your business. Of course there isn't. I understand that. I totally get it. The problem is just like the fire festival or the WeWork documentary or the NFL at some point uh, when it comes to conversations about racial injustice, anything, they just live in their own world. Mm. And the only way that you can combat this in this moment, and you know, we can yell at social media all we want for but it has served as a tunnel, as a channel, as a funnel to try and uh, vent your opinion when you physically can't do it. The people spoke, the people spoke. Protests at outside stadiums, Manchester United fans, you know, uh, stopping the team from entering training grounds as of today because they are not happy with the Glazers. That caused a ripple effect. Ed Woodward is out. 
Right. Yeah. So, you know, there are things that have happened. So my, I think that history will remember this just as another button in the jacket of rich and powerful living in a completely different reality. And sometimes, just sometimes enough numbers come out and say enough. No way. So, yes, you can talk about UEFA came in and also said their piece and, you know, Boris Johnson, et cetera. But really, the number and the power was in the people. Manchester United actually, or the fans of Manchester United might look back on this fondly because they've been asking for Ed Woodward to, to leave forever. And that actually might be the catalyst to get the Glazers to sell the club as well. So I guess it depends on which club you support. <laughs> and, and if you're one of the big 12 that were in the, in the super league to start. And you how know, badly you want change as well. Like that, how, that what too. club you support and how badly you want change. I mean, yeah. the fact that United fans are still, you know, after Ed Woodward and stopping the team from coming to training today I think that's that you know, the 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 momentum is still going. So I think that's how history will remember it. Uh, a chance where people spoke out. Um, yeah, yeah. My dad. I grew up with a phrase from my dad who said, "Just because you can doesn't mean you should." And yeah. and very well said. Lot, True. There's a lot of a lot of that underlying. You know, these guys. Yeah, of course they can do this and they can squeeze it and they don't really have to do what the fans want at all. They can do whatever the hell they want because they're in control. But but doesn't mean you should. And so it, this kind of speaks to, to being empathetic about the situation and making sure that everybody feels included and not excluded. And, and I think that this uh, I'm glad it got stopped. And I think everybody else is as well. That said, these guys that are holding on to their power are going to do everything they possibly can to throw people under the bus, not take responsibility and, you know, hold on to that power for as long as possible. It must be intoxicating to have that type of power. And, and I can see why, People don't want to give it up once they have it. No, I, I, absolutely right. So the, the thing that we'll end it with this is this, everybody, just this game belongs to you. The moment you feel that it's really being taken away from you, just like you just saw this past week or this past four days, speak out, make your voice heard. All right. Let's talk about the game, Jimmy. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Plenty of matches all over Europe and the US and really the world, to be honest. We'll be right back ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Que golazo weekend preview here with my man, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, let's begin in the Premier League. And we will begin, everybody. And we know that there's a League Cup final, but we want to begin this chronologically, I think. Uh, just uh, as, as people are listening and watching, Arsenal face Everton. On Friday, what can you tell me about this game? Well, this is Arsenal's first game since backing out of the Super League. So I'm curious to see how it feels. I remember when everything was breaking and, and Leeds were taking on Liverpool. And I was like, I, I'm not really that interested in this game because it doesn't matter. There's nothing riding on it. Uh, so now I guess everybody's going to turn up. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what Arsenal supporters are going to do and, and what it's going to feel like. That said, let's just think about the game itself. Everton, uh, their away form this season has been excellent. They've recorded nine wins in 15 Premier League games away from home. That's the fourth best away record in the Premier League. So despite the fact that Everton actually haven't won in their last six, 
they have three consecutive ties and that's something, <laughs> even though it's, it's hit there, it's, it's, it's damaged their title or their hopes to get into the top four a little bit. Um, Arteta's team, just to, for, so you guys have a compare and contrast, they've won six, drawn four and lost six of their 16 league games at home. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Toffees beat them 2-1 back in December at Goodison Park. So it looks like uh, Lacazette's going to be out, which hurts them a little bit. Uh, Bambiang is questionable to start after coming back from malaria. He just he just uh, turned off his Twitter account. I don't know if you saw that or not. But our, so Arsenal's front wow. four could potentially be uh, Martinelli, who's 19, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, who's 20, Bukuya Bukayo, excuse me, Bukayo Saka, who's 19, and Eddie Nketiah, who's 21. Wow. So I'm actually pretty excited. I hope that Mikel Arteta rolls those guys out. Um, so that's that's kind of it for me with regard to how this game is going to play out. Calvert-Lewin, from from Everton's perspective, is is also questionable t- to start. So we could see Richarlson and Hamas uh, go kind of roll up with two, even though it's more Richarlson being the nine, and I think Hamas kind of floating underneath. Ah, it's a tough one for me. I will say that Everton have been drawing at both halftime and full-time in their last three matches. So that's pretty good value. You could get that at like plus 340 on William Hill. I don't know if it's going to happen for four straight games. It's one of those. But there have been under two and a half goals scored in Everton's last four away games. So I think this one's going to be pretty tight. And I don't know which way you're leaning before I... I, I could see a draw on this one is kind of where I'm going, which actually hurts both teams. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I was just going to go there, actually. It's difficult for me to predict because it has major league implications European spots climbing up the table. Everton, obviously, with a game in hand, are in eighth spot, 49 points. Arsenal in ninth uh, with 46. Now, if Arsenal win, because they have a better goal difference, they will go above Everton, even though Everton has that game in hand. But still, you mentioned that, uh, those results that Arteta's side is getting at home. So I don't, I don't really know where to go. And then you add to the fact that this is their first game since the whole European Super League thing. Our own James Bench said that there's going to be protests outside Emirates Stadium. Uh, apparently, uh, Josh Kroenke is going to be speaking oh, no. as well in the lead up to that as well. Arteta apparently has been uh, receiving uh, messages from Kroenke and co uh, apologizing to Arteta. So there's like so many things going on. But the major thing on the pitch, like you said, a very young trio for Arsenal. So that's going to be the key right there. Uh, and this is why Arteta has been using them in the European, uh, in Europa, you know, to try and get them uh, to, to, to these kind of situations. It's just very difficult to try and figure out just because of their record at home. I see a draw as well. I just think it's going to be very tight. Do you think it's going to, I, I, so the draw in under two and a half goals is plus 300 on William Hill. I mean, that's great. One all. Yeah. One all. I could see that happening for sure. Uh, the, the draw straight up for Arsenal Everton's plus 240. So if you just don't want to even take the, the risk and add that that 60 more, I'd say, and jump up to 300, it's, it's, it's not bad. Everton to win straight up plus 280, I don't think it's too bad. Arsenal's the favorite plus 100 to, to, to win. And by the way, Everton drew up against Palace 1-0, drew against Brighton 0-0, uh, drew against Tottenham 2-0, and now this one. So they've gone on three straight draws. So, you know. Yeah, it's interesting the 2-2 one as well. Cause, cause yeah, that was interesting, yeah. Yeah, if you well, they should have won that one. They they blew it there at the end. But if you yeah. have a, a draw in both halves, so that scores even, obviously in both halves, it's plus three seventy five. They've done that in three consecutive games, which is not easy to do in a two two uh, game. But uh, fair play to them. So I don't know if I'd be looking at that. That seems a little bit more risky to me. But I do like the draw straight up at plus two forty. But if you wanted to add the under two and a half goals, which could be a zero zero or one one, then that's uh, plus three hundred. That's where I would be leaning because, to your point, I just don't know who's going to play for these teams. We have some questionable injuries. Aubameyang, you know, even if Aubameyang plays, like I said before, he he shut down his Twitter. He put out this tweet basically like, can we say what we want to say here? You know, I finally have my phone out from the hospital. It was a, it was a pretty intense tweet. And then he took that down and then, and then turned off his account. So, so I don't know what his mental state is at the moment, you know, and you don't know how that's going to play out on the fields. Cause as we know, and as everybody knows what happens off the field in your life does trickle onto what happens uh, on the field as well. Whether you want to pretend it does or doesn't uh, is a different conversation, but, but, but I do like that front four. If we can get that, that young front four, Saka, Smith, Rowe, Martinelli and Iketi up top, that There's would be next level. In. 
There's a yeah, goal I mean, in them. And, and Ketia came on and scored the, a late, late uh, game tying goal against Fulham. Yeah, he did. So, 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 so I, he's I getting a little scoring. confidence. I see them scoring. I don't see them winning. I see a draw here as well. So, uh, and I love that one about, uh, you know, a draw on both sides and in both halves. I think both goals will be scored in one half and it'll just stay like that. I don't know whether it'll be late, maybe nil nil at half time, And then it gets a little bit more enticing in the second. I'm not sure, but I, I don't know, see anybody bad. with an edge here. I can, I, I one, one feels good. It feels good. All right. So let's stick with one, one. All right, let's move on here. Everybody will stay in the Premier League. Uh, we'll go to Saturday right now. We have to talk about the shirt that you're wearing. Let's talk about Liverpool against Newcastle United at home. It's the early kickoff on Saturday. Uh, we mentioned Arsenal, their first game since this whole European Super League debacle. Well, the, uh, Liverpool played Leeds on Monday, so they were kind of in the midst of everything. And obviously, Jordan Henderson being the captain to call that announcement to meet with all the camps of the Premier League. Uh, James Milner spoke out, uh, Jurgen Klopp as well. So this is another big game because Newcastle United, obviously, even though a really good result last time around, they still need to keep going. <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about Newcastle somewhat positively because they did have a good result. Well, it was uh, a good win. It was. It was an Alan San Maximin. He's um, ridiculous. <laughs> he's ridiculous. I'm surprised he's still on the team. I thought we would have sold him at this point. He suffered a swollen ankle against West Ham, and now he's a doubt, which really oh. hurts because he brings so much of that unpredictability that I think Newcastle really lacks in their attack. And so that will be, uh, I guess, a game-time decision and, and probably will influence, I would at least, if you're looking at this to bet, I think he would influence that his health. Callum Wilson seems to be easing back into it, coming back into health. He's been a great signing from Bournemouth this past season. Jurgen Klopp, actually, I thought was interesting. On Monday, he he dropped Fabinho into defense and and left Mo Salah on the bench. And I know, obviously, you're trying to balance a whole bunch of different things, but I just thought that was interesting. And and because because they had a game on Monday and not another one until Saturday, but maybe there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know. What I'll say to your point, and you know, we talked about it just right now with regard to Aubameyang, I think there's a lot of solidarity and positive vibes around the group of players at Liverpool right now, and that they're that they're in on this, and they it means something to play for the Jersey and yeah. it means something to play for the club. And I think they're going to be up for this one. So I don't know if Newcastle has much of a chance, you know, they give up a lot of goals and even though they've scored a few recently, I just don't really see how they're going to come out of this one. I think Jurgen Klopp's going to have his guys ready to go. And I think Fabinho will move his way back into midfield and most Salah will come back into the team. Uh, even though Liverpool have struggled at home since 2021 began, they have never lost a, a, a match against Newcastle at Anfield since 1995. That's what actually when Newcastle were pretty good and they're not very good right now. So. Well, in terms of the league uh, table, Liverpool in seventh spot, um, you know, and nothing will happen regardless of Everton Arsenal because Everton has 49 points. Liverpool has 53, even on points with Tottenham. Tottenham has a better goal difference. So, you know, if they win, they could actually... Let's see here. 53 points. If they win, they could actually go all the way. Wow. All the way into a Champions League spot. Uh, Liverpool, even Liverpool could, Liverpool could sneak into the top four. There's yep. still plenty of time for that to happen. And I think so, and this win is crucial for them. Now, for Newcastle, uh, I mean, they have a little bit of uh, breathing space. 35 points, 15th above Brighton, who has 34 points, Burnley 33, and then Fulham in the relegation zone with 27. So if they lose this, it's not like detrimental, uh, but obviously we all know about what could happen in terms of momentum and things. So I don't know. I'm with you. I think that Liverpool will be very uh, together, very united here and, and yeah, I don't uh, think you're I don't think you're allowed to say United when talking about Liverpool. <laughs> they'll be uh they'll they'll be together. That's it. That's all I'll say. They, they'll never walk alone. They'll be <laughs> they'll be hand in hand. Uh and they'll be up for it, I think. Uh, and given the fact that they don't even have to worry about the Champions League anymore because it's a Champions League week next week, they're just gonna put all their eggs in this basket and try and get that win. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm looking at some some stats here. I think most Salah is going to score on this one. He got rested, so I'm just seeing what that looks like. He's minus 187 to score anytime. Yeah, that's not that great. You got to bet 187 to win 100. I would look at well, Trent Alexander Arnold. As you know, is, is he, he, he won games like this? He pushes for. Obviously, he got the winner against Aston Villa as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe an assist or a goal there for uh, Liverpool's. Uh, a uh, fullback, that could be a, a good one, I think. I think Sadio Mane probably is getting back into the things. And he scored against Leeds. What, what about that? What about any, either of those two scoring? 
So like, hold on, let me look. Let me look at the assist stuff first. Sorry, dude, I can't. I, I think can't Newcastle. I think Newcastle is going to score. I, do? I don't. Yeah, I do. I I I think they're going to sneak one. Uh, but okay, I think in okay. the end, Liverpool will take it, and I think it'll be something like a three-one well, result to Liverpool. If you got the match results, Liverpool winning and both teams to score, that's um, Liverpool winning plus one seventy. Which, okay. which that's not that's amazing. Not it's not bad. If you want Mohamed Salah to score, Liverpool to win, both teams to score plus two eighty. Okay, that's better. Uh, that's better. Um, gets you a little bit more. Saudi Mane, same thing, plus four hundred. Oh uh, well, now you're talking. Yeah, Saudi Mane's. He's I, every game we talk about Liverpool. I'm like, ah, he's due. He's gonna do something special, and then. I don't know. He's just he's just off. I don't want to say off the pace. I love his game, and I think he does a lot of little things that he doesn't get enough credit for. He scored he, against Leeds. Uh, he did he? Did that's that, true. So that could help him, right? So you never know. So maybe maybe that fire is ignited once again. Sadio Mane to score, Liverpool to win, both teams, both teams to, to score. score. Plus 400. I'm not as convinced that, that Newcastle is going to score in this one. Okay, but Cal, Cal Wilson, Cal Wilson coming back into the team um, does make a difference, but. Because I do think, I mean, you got Fabinho who looks like he's probably going to start in the back again. Yeah. They do, they do leak goals, and they've only won one game at home all season, in, or since twenty twenty one began. Last two games in the league, Liverpool has conceded uh, against Aston Villa, against Leeds. They didn't concede against Real Madrid in that second leg. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. All right. So what if it was a Liverpool win two nothing? Liverpool win two zero, and then you have a uh, you know to make it even more interesting. Somebody like Trent Alexander or somebody, but I, could, they, I couldn't find an assist. They wouldn't give me that line. Okay, so, so to me, to me, I feel like uh, I just I, I think if you're gonna do this gamble, just gamble that Newcastle will score as opposed to a clean sheet. And okay, so if you want Sadio Mane to score with his right foot, plus two fifty, I like that. Liverpool go. Liverpool winning an under two and a half goals is plus two seventy, which which I could see. Yeah, it's, that goes to your two zero. All right. Uh, most a lot to score with his left foot minus one forty three. If if you want most a lot to score first, if you think he can do it and score first, that's plus two hundred. So we're just trying to find you some good value. I think we all agree here that Liverpool are going to win. So maybe from a parlay perspective, you just throw that into your parlay, even though they're the heavy favorites. But we gave you some good options here because if you have Salah to score first and he'll be up for it, he's going to start because he didn't start in the Monday game. He'll be up for it. So he could score. Liverpool could win. It could be a clean sheet and you have some money. Sadio Mane scoring, both teams to score, Liverpool to win. That's another good gamble. You could get some money. So we're giving you you up. You could. Also, what we didn't mention is that Liverpool are in seventh on 53 points, but Chelsea and West Ham are tied in fourth and fifth. They play each other this, and they're on 55 points. So that's huge. So so I'm Liverpool, like it just the, the emphasis on them winning because one of those teams or both are going to drop points, either with a draw or one of them winning and the other one losing. So it's a big, big, big weekend for Liverpool. Well, let's talk about this game then. Let's talk about West Ham against Chelsea because that's the, the 1230 Eastern uh, kickoff game uh, on Saturday. West Ham United hosting Chelsea. Obviously, West Ham lost to Newcastle. Uh, they got a man sent off in that one. It was kind of an insane game actually uh very entertaining for the neutral but West Ham hosting Chelsea major implications here yeah this is a big one what I'll say about West Ham is that obviously losing to Newcastle is not a good look but but they're not going to have Mikel Antonio who is hurt Declan Rice is hurt Jesse Lingard had a bit of a knock but apparently he's going to be fine in this one obviously very important the Hammers uh have been leaky in defense uh, unable to keep a clean sheet across the last five and only one clean sheet in their last eight. So something to take into consideration, especially because Chelsea can't score ever, uh, you know, as they, they were held to another boring and a scoreless draw when uh, they played Brighton recently at Stanford Bridge. So I they've only hit uh, a total of one goal in their last three matches. One goal in their last three matches, Chelsea. Yeah, that- despite all that firepower on their team, um, and they were very impressive against Man City in the semifinal of uh, the FA. They were. They were. It wasn't pretty or aesthetically pleasing, but it was. No, it wasn't. But it they was were effective. Good. It was effective. Now, West Ham have conceded at least two goals in their last four matches. I just don't know if Chelsea are <laughs> good enough to actually, you know, score two. I mean, they are good enough, but whether they're going to be put in a position to make that happen. So I'm a little bit torn. I got Chelsea to win an under two and a half goals at plus 300. Now I've I've been I've made this bet two times over the Champions League and I just missed it once and I hit it once. If you have if you want them to win an over two and a half goals, it's plus one eighty. 
I guess, I guess there's some history here that these teams do draw a lot just historically. So you could do the draw and under plus 340. You know, I mean, Chelsea could, could only muster a 0-0 draw against Brighton. And no disrespect to Brighton, but West Ham, I feel like, are a little bit better. That said, just given those defensive tendencies that we're seeing over these last eight games where they're giving up a lot of goals, I feel like Chelsea's going to get one for sure. And that might be enough, to be honest, because without Antonio, without Declan Rice kind of pulling the strings or, you know, deep-lying playmaker, with, with Jesse Lingard, I think without Antonio, I think that makes a big difference for them. They lose some some... I just, just well, I mean, somebody that just, it was somebody that just holds the ball and is yeah, 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 yeah. physical and, and and bully the center backs of Chelsea. Yes, yes, I think I think that he's a handful. That's probably the best way to say about Mikel Antonio, and he'll run the channels right. So when he makes those runs to stretch the defense, it opens up pockets of space for Jesse Jesse Lingard to pick up the ball and kind of be able to run in, in a more free way. Without Antonio in there, I just think it becomes a little bit more difficult for them to do what they want to do. They're obviously very good on set pieces and, and Thomas Suchek, you got to watch his late runs from midfield. I just think Chelsea's just set up to lock all that stuff down. I, I really do. And, yeah. and they're I, very I could, ready for whatever they come, comes I, in. I could see this definitely being under two and a half goals. It's just a matter of what you think the result's going to be. I'm going to say Chelsea and under two and a half plus 300. That's, that's just given what I've seen. And what, and, and plus I 300. Just, that's pretty good. It's not bad. All right, so here- I, I just I just can't go in there saying because because uh, tremendous value. Any 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 betting websites you go to, and hopefully you go into William Hill because those are our partners. But anytime you can find, or if you think both teams are going to score in a game, you've got so much uh, and so many enjoyable exotic lines to have yeah. some fun with. Yeah. But if you don't know if one of them's not going to score, it makes it hard. And and Chelsea, man, how many clean sheets have they had since Tuchel arrived? It's just yeah, it's tough. So okay, so here's my take. Um, you know, uh, the neutral is rooting for West Ham to get into the Champions League. But every time or almost every season, there comes that dreaded reality where it's now, <laughs> that, then, you know, towards the end of the season where now, you know, unfortunately, they just can't make it all the way till the end. They can't, just, you know, Leicester City was an anomaly, right? Just went. So uh, my, 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 my issue is that this is one of those games where like they've lost against uh, Newcastle, very detrimental. They lost a man. Michael Antonio's injured. Lingard is not 100%, but, you know, whatever. Is this a game where, you know, they're not going to be able to make it happen and they'll, they'll, they'll drop a little bit further, especially as Liverpool adds that extra pressure if they beat Newcastle earlier in the, in, in, in the day. So, and you mentioned, of course, as well, by the way, about, you know, the, the lack of creativity that happens when you don't have Michael Antonio. Here's the thing. West Ham need to be very direct, very aggressive. If Lingard's yeah. not on, if Susek's not on, if Bowen's not on, forget about it because Thomas Tuchel has seen this before. They literally just faced the best team creatively and they shut them down. So what makes anybody think that they're not going to do the same thing? So I see, unfortunately, Chelsea yeah. win and it's probably going to be something like 1-0. Yeah, that's how I see it as well. That's why I'm feeling pretty good about that bet of under two and a half. I don't want it to happen, West Ham fans. I want you to keep riding, but... I do too. I, I think that David Moyes should, should should legitimately be up for manager of the year. Absolutely. If he, finishes, if, he, if he gets top four, then he should win it. That said, Brendan Rodgers will be like, well, what about me, man? I got us to an FA Cup final and we're top four as well. So I think those two guys, Pep Guardiola obviously is going to be in consideration. Any manager that wins the league will be in there. But but I don't know. If, not to say he doesn't deserve it, but I think those other guys feel more deserving. Yeah, so we're staying with the Premier League chronologically. So uh, let's talk about the League Cup final then. Man City against Tottenham on Tasty. Sunday. Tasty game. Ryan Mason. 29 years old, managing a Premier League side. Happy for him. Um, they got a win against Southampton. Uh, early, uh, you know, a, a late one there, but they got they got a win. And now they're facing Man City, who beat Aston Villa as well. So they're both coming into this. And this is a very good opportunity for Tottenham to try and, uh, you know, it, it, Man City's aiming for three. But can now they only aim for a double if 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 Tottenham can Tottenham do anything here? Is basically what I'm asking, Jimmy. Yes, they can. I think they have a little bit of that new coach bounce, especially, and I feel like it's a bigger bounce when you get out of the 
purview of Jose Mourinho. Who Harry was, Kane, though, Jimmy. Harry Kane, what's the latest on him? So Harry Kane looks to be out, unfortunately. <sighs> and then on the other side, though, Kevin De Bruyne will most likely be out. I think what I feel like Manchester City has dropped off a little bit. I didn't like their performance against Chelsea in the FA Cup semifinals. They looked like they just couldn't be bothered. Chelsea were out there to our fav- our favorite Mike Tyson quote. You know, they punched him in the face and and City didn't really respond in the way that we have grown accustomed to. So I find that to be a bit disappointing. But let's be honest, not that surprising. I mean, how because we talked about has Man City peaked yet? And I think if we look back at the season, maybe it was March. Maybe it was February where like, you know, in the middle of them having 25 straight wins or whatever, it's something crazy. That's when they peaked. And now we're seeing a little bit of the drop off. And this is going to be the true character of this team as to how can they still get results in big games when they're not playing well, or if they make eight changes to the team, or if they've got, you know, their backup goalkeeper in who, who, who we love, of course. And we think he's got a tremendous career, but, but not to say he, he, I don't know. He might start this one. He started every cup game. So I'm curious to see if they go with Stefan here, if they go with Ederson. I think he will. I mean, there's a semi-final in the Champions League as well to look ahead to, right? So That's true. That's true. So so it's interesting times for Man City just in terms of can they kind of regain that form quickly? These guys don't every time they've lost this season, they always followed up with a win. Yeah. So so and Phil Foden's on another level right now. Bernardo Silva was fantastic in the game and I think these guys are so good, but it's more of a Will will being tired catch up to them? Will this this thing and will the Super League, all the drama and that the I mean all that energy you have to commit to being pissed off, you know? I mean it does it does impact the team. That said, Tottenham are going through the same thing, and not only that, they fired their manager. Gareth Bale looked like he was completely loving Jose Mourinho being out. Uh, scored a great goal um, for for Ryan Mason, twenty nine year old manager by the way. So we'll see. Without Harry Kane though, I think as we said with regard to West Ham, they become a lot more predictable. Right. They're, they're not as dynamic up top. They're not as dangerous up top. And so because he holds the ball up well, obviously, and gets on the end of crosses and just finds himself in good spots to, to make plays in and around the box. Hingman son, I don't know. It just depends on who they're going to roll out there to make it happen. Well, I'm sure they're going to go out with their uh, A-level team. Of course, 100%. And you just mentioned the two players that I think need a almost perfect game. Hingman son can be the difference maker. And Gareth Bell, if he's on, Feeling confident after that really good goal against Southampton, maybe he could do something. I think the midfield of Tottenham is going to be very important. Uh, but if uh, Man City roll out with red hot Phil Foden, who's just apps, I mean, he was ridiculous against Aston Villa. It was amazing. He's a shoe in for the European champion. I'm sorry. But Man City have enough uh, talent. I don't know. This is going to be hard. I, 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 without Harry Kane, it's uh, without Harry Kane, it's almost impossible to me. For, for, me, for me, the biggest. The, the, the most important player for Tottenham is uh, Hugo Lloris in goal. Yeah. If he is standing on his head and making big saves, like he did in their last game, he made like this incredible back-to-back save. I was like, dude, that was going in a month ago, yeah. you know, and they couldn't recover from it mentally. If he's making those types of saves and giving that spark of belief to that back line, hey, we can make a mistake and Lloris will bail us out. He, for me, is the most important. He's going to have so much action in this game because I just don't see – this version of Spurs being able to slow down the juggernaut that is Manchester City. But nobody can. 75% possession, more than 15 shots, uh, definitely on target. Uh, it's going to be a very busy day for Hugo Lloris, of course. All right, Jimmy, well, give me your prediction then. We'll, and some so Man-, Man City's the heavy favorite, minus 200. The draw is plus 340 after 90 minutes. And Tottenham is plus 525. Without Harry Kane, you know, I feel like Spurs are a much different team when he's not in. Kevin De Bruyne doesn't play. Uh, you're like, it, it sucks, but there's not that much of a drop-off. And they've already won plenty of games without Kevin De Bruyne this season. So they, they're used to not having to rely on him. Whereas Harry Kane doesn't play and you're like, oh man, what are we going to, what are we going to do? So, so I like city to, to win. I like both city to win both teams to score. And that one is, let me find those. Sorry. I had it up and then it dropped off. Well, uh, as you're plus two twenty. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. What if, what if, because it's a cup final, right? It's, it, I feel like sometimes, you know, things can happen. What if it went to a draw a 90 minutes, Man City to win an extra time? You know, when, when Villa faced Man City, so, so uh, match, in the you think final, it's gonna be, it was tight as well. So, so do you think like what, 1 1, 2 2? What do you think? 1 uh, 0, I think. 1 0. So that's, that's so match result and both teams to score is plus 400. 
And then, and then that's after 90 minutes. And then if you go to extra time, uh, the match to go to penalties, that's plus 550. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it'll go to penalties. To win, to win an extra time is Man City's plus 900. I don't think that's that bad. I, I, that's bold. And I like, I like your boldness, Luis. That's I mean, very, you might very proving like, of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's also very proven to be very stupid. It's a league cup final. So I'm just putting that in. If it was a regular game, I just sometimes feel that the, uh, uh, the grandiosity of the moment might, sure. might, might be an adrenaline boost for Tottenham. That's the only thing I'll say, but without Harry Kane. Well, it could be Spurs uh, is only, hard. only real chance to do it like to to win i mean i know they're in six right now but man it's gonna be pretty competitive and uh, no yeah it's it's too hard for anything else i just it's just i don't know i don't know okay fine i'm gonna gamble matt it's gonna go one all 90 minutes man city to win an extra time i'm just gonna don't listen if you're listening to me and you do that bet do not tweet you've been been on fire lately so i everybody Listen, when we say bets, we're not talking because we always say, you know, plus 900, you, gotta, you, you gotta bet 100 to win 900. We're talking more like bet $5, which yeah, yeah, would, yeah, would, yeah. would get you 45. In yeah, exactly. Don't bet your mortgage, please. No, don't. This is just for, for shits and giggles, we say. Exactly, that. exactly. All right. Uh, listen, I forgot about one Premier League game very quickly, Jimmy, because we got a still uh, a few other things to do. Very quickly, Leeds United, Manchester United. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm here for it. Sorry, I got my notes up here. No, no, that's fine. The only thing that I was going to say about that game is like there's clearly goals in this one. No way this is a stalemate. Well, so so Leeds finally won three straight games, which is nice for them. They're unbeaten in their last five. Um, and and during this run, they they beat Man City and they drew with Chelsea and Liverpool. Like who it's built amazing. their schedule, by the way? That is absolutely brutal. Newly promoted Leeds United, by the way, after a 16-year absence. It's amazing. But Manchester United but. have won five in a row in the league. Okay. They're unbeaten in their last 12. And they have remarkably not lost any away games in this competition since January 2020. A game in hand and only nine points. Uh, don't, 11, don't, sorry, 11, no, 11. don't go there. They're not catching Man City. They're Come not going to do that. Give me some magic. All right. But, but, but Man United, this is their first trip to Ellen Road since 2003. Oh, wow. And fun fact, Roy Keane scored a late goal the last time they were there. That's how long ago it was. Roy Keane. So, so, ah, God, this is a tough one for me because Man United is so good away from home. I think Paul Pogba is going to have to drop a little bit deeper uh, in order to for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to get Greenwood, Cavani, and Rashford uh, on the field at the same time. So I'm curious to see uh, what happens there. Obviously, Scott McTominay scored two goals in the first three minutes. The last time these two played, it was a 6-2 drubbing, if you guys remember that game. Scott McTominay looking like Iniesta and Javi at the same time, this absolute beast. So so I'm curious. I, I feel like this Man United team, given that result, last time they played 6-2, there's sometimes there's teams that just have your number. Yeah. And, and I think that Man United just might have Leeds as numbered. I don't want to take anything away from Bielsa and, and what he's done. What a tremendous job he's done. But with Harry Maguire coming back into the team and Man United needing these points and obviously wanting to have some good vibes heading into the Europa League semifinals, uh, I, I like Man United to win maybe two. I could see both teams scoring, but I could see a 2-1 here. Okay. Yeah, you know? I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. So, uh, so I have I have a parlay. Arsenal-Everton to draw. Um. And and United to win is like plus six hundred. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that one. Okay, so draw and let me just put it in again, just in case. Draw and United to win is plus five thirty three. I'll take that. Yeah, I love it. I'm in. All right, I'm in, baby. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in one hundred percent. All right. Um, let's move on. Let's finish this up. Let's wrap this up. Let's go to the rest of Europe uh, very quickly. I'll just let you just uh, go on wherever you want to go. Okay, so let's just start with Serie A. There's a lot of going on. I just, I'll read you the top of the table. Inter are on 76 points, clear. They got six games left. They got a 10-point lead over AC Milan, who lost, by the way, uh, their last one. They're on 66 points. Juve's on 65. Atalanta's in fourth on 64. Okay, those are for the Champions League spots. Napoli has a game in hand, not on Atalanta, but on Juve, Milan, and Inter. They're on 60. Lazio, 58. They've won five straight league games. Roma, 
have dropped off. Okay. They're in seventh on 54. Roma needs to win. They're obviously playing Manchester United in the Europa League semifinals. So they need to get it going. They're playing against Cagliari. Cagliari. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Cagliari. Cagliari. Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting about them is that Cagliari have, have been, they're in the relegation zone, but they've won two straight games, including the crazy 4-3 game. They were down 3-1 to Parma, and they came back and scored three goals in the last 30 minutes to win 4-3. They've now parlayed that into another win, and now they're only three points out of potentially getting out of the relegation zone. And But Roma needs to win as well. This game is popping off, and I love that there's some drama on both sides. And, and uh, for everybody that doesn't know, if you guys remember Raja Nangalan, he, he plays for Cagliari. He's their captain. And um, yeah, crazy, crazy game. And he used to play for Roma. So there's a lot of storylines here that I want you guys to, to, to keep in mind. Now let's let's move to La Liga. Oh my God, La Liga is popping off. Villarreal is hosting Barcelona. Athletic Bilbao is hosting Atletico Madrid. And Real Madrid is taking on Real Betis. And a lot of these teams are in European all the implications. Top, like... They're all in the top half of the table. It is, yeah. it is crazy, Luis. So, so just to catch everybody up quickly on the table, Madrid's on top with 70. Atletico uh, is on with 70 as well, but they have a game in hand. Sevilla are in third. Amazing. Okay? They're taking on Granada. They're, they're on 67 points. Barcelona, though, have two games in hand on Sevilla. They're on in fourth on 65. Then Batiste drops in at 49 points. Big drop off there. They, they, so the Champions League spots are set. They're on 49. Villarreal are on 49. Sociedad 47. So it gets really tight there. Villarreal, not so good league form. Obviously tremendous in the Europa League. Athletic, maybe, maybe Athletic Bilbao. Can we talk about them for a second, Luis? They lost two Copa del Rey finals over a two-week span. So rough for them. <laughs> I mean, that sucks. That sucks. So I feel bad for them. But they have a chance now to to maybe mix it up and and really Im- have some big implications for the top of the table. They they host yeah. Atletico Madrid, so we'll see how that one goes. I'm curious about that. Going over to the Bundesliga, Wolfsburg taking on Borussia Dortmund. That's a big one because Wolfsburg have yet to lose at home this season, and and obviously uh, we talk a lot about Borussia Dortmund, but that table's changed a lot. Dortmund, who were what seven points behind the fourth place spot with seven games to go are now only four points behind with six games to go. Excuse me, four games to go, if I'm not mistaken. Four it's games to go. Getting interesting. interesting. So Dortmund are getting close. We'll see if Eintracht Frankfurt, who are in fourth, are, are going to get that squeaky bum time. Wolfsburg are in third um, at 57, but again, have not lost at home this season. So, so that is one to keep an eye on. LAFC Seattle, fantastic game in MLS. Those have... A rich history in the playoffs between yeah, those two great teams. Game. It's going to be a great game. We'll see if Bob Bradley subs out Carlos Vela just because he got the wrong message on that. Uh, Lille is taking on Lyon in, in Ligue 1, which is big implications. Um, Lyon just lost to Monaco in the Coup de France semifinals. They're taking on Lille this weekend. They take on Monaco next weekend. It's really tight. Uh, four top teams are all separated by four points. Uh, Braga is taking on Sporting, Club de, de, de Portugal in in in. in in Portugal. So that's exciting for a lot of different reasons. Braga's in third. Sporting's on top. Atlas is taking on Chivas in Liga MA Keys. That's a big one. Chivas, very similar to what we're seeing with Cagliari in, in Serie A, have come out of nowhere, won two straight games, and now one spot away from making the La Laguilla, the playoffs, in, in, uh, with three games to go. So that's very exciting. And then uh, the Champions League semifinals for the women. PSG are taking on Chelsea, and Bayern Munich are taking on... Um, whoa, I lost who the, the fourth team was. But... Um, Wow, that'll come to me in a second. But the one that I really want to see is PSG, who, who knocked out Lyon's women, who win everything, taking on Chelsea's women, who I think are the heavy favorites. They got Sam Kerr and amongst many, many other talented players. So that one is one to watch as well. So many big games, Luis. It's awesome. So many big games. And listen, I, I don't, um, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, uh, I'm not mad at you that you forgot that last one, which is uh, Chelsea, uh, Bayern against Chelsea. Um, is it, no, is it? Is it? I thought. I thought PSG were playing Chelsea. PSG playing Barcelona. PSG Barcelona. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Iron that Chelsea. One. That's right. That's right. Uh, but like my I bad, said, my bad. Listen, you just gave us a million matches. All right, you're allowed. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to do that one. Uh, but uh, yeah, so PSG playing Barcelona, Bayern that's playing right. Chelsea. Listen, a shout out to uh, Atlas Chivas, by the way, because uh, they're doing this cool initiative. They're coming together ahead of that. Uh, Clásico Tapatio to attempt to raise 25,000 soccer balls to donate to kids in Jalisco from economically challenged backgrounds. They're doing a lot of cool things. So shout out there, uh, my bud Tom Marshall 
wanted to give that shout out. Um, but listen, everybody, you have so much content to <laughs> just consume. So many games. I don't know if I'm getting off the couch, Luis. Now, listen, well, I'm going to try not to, but I feel like, you know, I'm going to be tall to do some errands around the house and it's going <laughs> to be really frustrating. I, I think that, and I hope that this weekend of games is cathartic for everybody just to kind of move past that, that absolute travesty of news that we got this past week. And, and hopefully though, it does ignite some, some passion in people in a different way that if we mobilize, we can get a lot of things accomplished. And, and I think people can see that let's direct a lot of this positive energy towards eradicating racism in the sport and even at the smallest levels and, and figuring out ways to put things in place to make sure that we're, we're always thinking about the greater good and, and the, the, the people that feel the most marginalized, right? I mean, we're talking a lot about greed in this, right? We were all pissed off because of the greed that this was happening and all the small clubs weren't going to get the same love and attention. They were crushing dreams, making this exclusivity. Well, there's a lot of marginalized players and as well that, that live, that don't have, maybe the same opportunities, but, but we have to make sure we continue to provide it and to talk about it, especially here when we have the platforms to do so. Yeah. Well said, my friend, uh, I'm not even going to add anything to that, uh, but shout out to the USO championship that also begins this weekend. That's the only thing that I'll add, but that was your weekend preview. Consume it, enjoy it and make sure that you play it over and over again and share it with your friends. Jimmy Conrad. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you, Luis. I also coach in the USL, USL league two. See, there you Lions. go. Up the Glens, baby, but our season's getting canceled because our season's really short and logistically it was going to be too hard to pull off. But I want to give a big shout out to your point to all the USL championship teams. It's a it's a tremendous competition and I'm excited that all those players have an opportunity to, to put in a full shift and have a great season. Absolutely. Support local. By the way, go on YouTube on Kego Lasso later this week, uh, maybe even from today as you listen to this, as I am chatting to the present uh, Jake Edwards as we look ahead to the new season. Plenty to discuss. Jimmy Conrad, thank you, brother. Thank you, Luis. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Golazo Pod. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. Also, follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Que Golazo. Keep sending your questions, your comments. Have a great, great weekend. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I.com sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.